All right, it's not often that you get to sit face to face with somebody who has smashed as many records and has made history as often as my next guest this week. In fact, she's currently the proud holder of the title of fastest British woman in history. But don't worry, we are taking our time with her today. And while she can be found sprinting all over the world, I actually managed to catch her for a chat. Welcome to This City, the podcast that reveals the stories, hidden gems and certified spots tried and tested by some of London's most recognisable names. Whether they're born and bred in the capital or have made it their second home, London holds a key piece to their heart. And this week, it's the track legend that is Miss Dina Asher-Smith. Dina Asher-Smith. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Oh, it was lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Last time I saw you, we were in an indoor athletics facility. <laughs> it was, was it the Lee, was it the Lee Valley Sports Club in North London? Yeah, it was Lee Valley Athletic Centre. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah. look at me, the non-athletic on it, the sports club. No, but it's, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same thing. Like <laughs> The Lee Valley Athletic Centre. So we were there for, um, it was basically like a sports day. It was. Meets Takeshi's Castle. It was. Type uh, event called Track and Field Day, and you had the honour of giving out all the uh, the medals to everybody. Can we just talk about how bizarre that day was? Yeah, I thought it was amazing, and it's something that like I'm so proud of both Nike and Off White that came together to put something on like that for Track and Field because like it was sick. Yeah, and everybody was just having so much fun, like competing against each other. And obviously, this is what I live for. Like, this is my like every day without the elements of Takeshi's Castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you <laughs> so imagine the Olympic style? Uh, like it's a knockout type thing. Like, would you, is that something you'd be up for doing? Maybe <laughs> scratch uh, that. No, it's, no fine. it's fine. Um, yeah, I'm competitive. I'm one of those crazy people that that's just like, if I wasn't a sprinter, I think I'll try and be like a speed skater. Have you seen those ice rink on the ice rink where they like run round, well, skate it's like, round? It's like, really a, it's like a sort of ice velodrome type. Yeah, thing. and yeah. if you get it wrong, you can wipe out. Yeah, I love that. I love living on the edge. Like one, like one step wrong, you could be out, but you just take a little risk and um, push in front of somebody, and you could win Olympic gold or Winter Olympic gold. But love it. That's the life on the edge that I live for. So, <laughs> I just had this vision of Dina as a little kid running for the school bus and beating everybody were you that kid I don't think you always so no but I was no I was fast so I was the kind of kid that would run away from my parents I was running to a shop and I'd definitely be that kid that ran away like the most memorable story of that that I have is me running away from my auntie Myra on the day of somebody's christening or wedding or something so I'm in a white dress I must have been like four or five and I ran away from her and I think like a park in Hevergreen or Lewisham and I ran straight into a pond like I literally and I, but I was running too far so they couldn't catch me and then and I just ran straight into a pond and fell in there so I was covered in mud covered like my dress was ruined and we couldn't really go to the wedding so I ruined everybody's day but um, yeah that young I was running away from people but I don't really run for buses because I'm one of those people that's like if I miss it I'll wait for the next one <laughs> yeah fair enough um, I need to get back to this moment of you running into a pond in Hither Green or Lewisham. So is that where most of the bulk of your family are? No, uh, most of, well, my grandma lives, actually, my grandma and my uncle live in Lewisham, like Catfordy Way, but we live in Orpington and my other bit of my family are in Beckenham and stuff like that. So not quite, but I think we were there just because like the wedding thing was at a church around the corner. <laughs> so I literally ruined the whole day for like that part of my family. Yeah. Is, is this a story <laughs> that's brought up regularly? Yes. At family functions. Yes. <laughs> Among many other embarrassing ones, but that one of little Dina running away straight into a pond 
and getting covered in mud is one that comes up a lot. Yeah. But do you know what? It was kind of worth it in the end though, surely. Yeah, I don't know. It was practice. <laughs> it was practice. You just, all it was is that, I mean, look, you ran fast into that pond because you knew you were a girl with a skill, clearly at a young age. Me, I think so. I think I just probably didn't want to go to the wedding. <laughs> look, but when you were a kid, weddings are oh. I know, you're like, oh, what's that? Did all their kids at all? I'm not interested. Oh, I'm going to go home. <laughs> it's like, I think that is like going to a wedding as like a six year old kid is the most boring thing until the reception happens. You get a slice of free cake and what you just, you get a slice of sugar, dance. run around, and, and that's it. Really. <laughs> Um, let's talk about little Dina. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Alpington in the borough of Bromley, which is in London. <laughs> because I hear so much like, oh my God, where are you from? I'm like, London. They're like, where? I'm like, Alpington, Bromley. Like, That's not London. It's Kent. I'm like, look, we've got red buses. Okay. So it's London. <laughs> <laughs> Claim your ends, Honestly, Dina. I'm BR6. It's far, but we'll take it. <laughs> You are you are a London girl. So, like, tell me about little Dean and her sort of discovery of what you love to do now as an adult. Because, in fact, you are the Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year, are you not? Um, that itself was a shock because, obviously, as an athlete, you assess your own performance and you also know about other people's performances and personally I thought there were some other performances that completely deserved that so I was like oh wow okay and last night was great because Chrissy Christina Horogu Chrissy O one of my lifelong idols and now friends which is crazy in itself presented it to me so it was a really nice evening we all got a bit emotional so <laughs> it was cool but anyway that's not what we're talking about so thank no, you no, I want to hear about that don't, no, don't laugh yourself back I want, I want to hear about all of that actually so yeah before we get to little Dina then just I mean you mentioned that yeah like you know people like Christina have become, uh, who were once your idols I mean I'm sure she still is like an idol yeah, someone you look up to and now your peers yeah. and are now your friends like how has life changed since since getting all those medals <laughs> um, well day to day life doesn't really change too much because at the end of the day like I'm an athlete and I train six days a week so I need to always have that consistency if I want to get better so life can't change you know what I mean like it has to stay the same but um, there's those little things like people saying well done to you on the street and incredible women incredible um, inspirational sports people then being like oh no I really loved your performance or then you being able to WhatsApp people that you like used to scream for at home when you were like eight years old is a a bit surreal like I'm still getting used to it I have to say but yeah <laughs> who's the most uh, surprising Dina Asher Smith fan that you've come across like not just from the sports but from anywhere who's come up to you that you thought what you you know me oh good question um getting I don't I don't want to I feel like I'm sure I don't want to I don't want to show off but getting a letter I got a letter from Kate Middleton after wow. Doha that was a big surprise obviously because she's a princess. That's right? not showing off, Dina. It's, no, but I feel bad. Facts. I was like, do I social media this? I was like, no. But then, um, yeah, I, that was a surprise. And she was like, we love it. Like, congratulations. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And I think one that I'm really enjoying right now is Ian Wright because he is such a big fan of track and field. Like, everything he like, comments on photos, I'm loving it. Because, like, obviously, I grew up watching him and my mum is the biggest fan. And even all my track friends, whenever he comments on a pic, I'll get like a DM like from one of the boys that like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> that he like knows who you are but um I think those two are, are pretty crazy in my head at the moment yeah that's that, that that's that's a really that must be such a humbling thing is. to experience it is um definitely because being in sport it can it can be quite solitary especially being in, in an individual sport and you have to dedicate yourself as I said six days a week and it's just pushing yourself getting doing better doing better and it gets quite cyclical and you're in your own little world all the time so you always you tend to forget the the power that it might have 
when you step outside sport. So when these little things happen and people are like, oh, I watched you, that's really cool. Or, oh, they send you a letter or they say hello in the street. Um, it is really humbling because it reminds you what you're doing does actually affect other people. Even if it's you on the track, you have the power to make people smile, make them cry, make them really proud. And that's something that is really humbling. It comes with a lot of, um, no, it's just, yeah, it's really humbling and something that when I was kind of started on this journey when I was younger, I never envisaged happening, I think, so... Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Doha there and immediately the vision of you going back for your mum. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just, it just popped, in, popped into my head. I mean, like, has that sunk in yet? No, not Those at all. Those wins? Not at and all. that moment? Not at all. I don't think it's... I keep getting asked this question and it hasn't sunk in at all. Not one little bit. I keep honestly forgetting. But at the same time, I was like, what is it meant to feel like? you know and I'm like maybe it has sunk in and because I feel exactly the same maybe that's what it's meant to feel like I don't know but um in terms of the idea that I'm a world champ and like nobody can take that away ever like hasn't sunk in no like I keep forgetting you know honesty like somebody said it to me in the day and they made a joke about world champion and I was like he like you know but I was just sitting there I was like who are you talking about I was like oh yeah forgot that's me sorry anyway yep stand up <laughs> I was like oh okay um but it's definitely a nice feeling yeah it's <laughs> a great feeling listen yeah I won the 100 meters every single year when I was in high school then come on then and Cara, I, and I claim on. that I won't let anybody forget that I did that <laughs> I've I, I Instagram let's run a, then a, I mean, <laughs> look at her, she backs off now doesn't I mean, she? no I'm joking look yeah. how competitive I am <laughs> I'm just saying like, do you know what yeah I'll tell anybody this story it was my year nine relay race and I was on the final leg and I was against this girl called Mary Dolan who was had like super long legs mm-hmm. you know when you're like yeah fit oh, 15 and there's always that girl that has a gross but well she she'd been tall anyway but then yeah. she just got taller <laughs> and she was running and I caught her up and I beat her and that's one of my proudest sporting moments today so if that is the feeling I got feeling that great yeah. from year 9 10 sports day I can only imagine no to be fair like I think memories I mean obviously like I'm not like world champs feels good as well but sports day's memory when it's personal and you're beating people that you know and you're beating your friends and they're all watching that is the same vibe you know it's the, the same yeah. feeling that you got and that memory is honestly what we go through because it's the same thing and it's that feeling of yes I did that talk to me about your sports day <laughs> mine yeah what high school did you go to um, I went primary to Newstead school? Oh, primary school went to Perry Hall Primary School in Orpington and Newstead I, then for secondary school I went to Newstead Wood School for girls um, in Orpington as well and I just recall especially in Newstead my sports days being um, me getting I never me getting drafted into a short running event, but the one that people didn't want to do. So typically like the 300 or 400. So oh. I was not amused. Exactly. Like that is way too far for me. Like it hurts. And every time they want me to run it and I'll be looking at the team captain, like you really dipped me in it this time. But um, yeah, I mean, I used to do well at sports day at school, I guess. Don't be humble. <laughs> no, Don't it's you, awkward. Give, give I was pro by then. Like, I was actually like a professional okay. athlete by then. Like, okay. I went pro at 16, technically. Right. So that's what I mean. So like when I'm at school sports day, I used to just be the one that's like, okay, like I'll do whatever you need me to do. As long as it's not like 800 upwards because I'm not involved. Honestly, anything long, I'm not involved, Clara. Like you will not get me jogging round or full lap. Honestly, more than that, no. It's, it's, a, it's, a, long, it's a long distance to run. Yeah. So hang on, you've gone pro 
by 16. Yeah. So when you were getting asked to do sports days, was it... Was oh, it, just... it was No, it was bad because in my class we had a professional athlete. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so would, would, yeah, everyone, it was would everyone bad. be scrambling for you to get on their team? No, but like we had houses. So literally like we used to represent our different like houses, kind of like hogwarts kind of thing. Okay. So I was always in Falcon. I was an F and um, everybody used to just be like, oh, for God's sake, when it came down to sports, that's literally not fair. But across our school, we had other people who were like GB diving, GB... I'm into one of those like... Yeah, you know what I mean. One of those schools, so we had we just GB. produce champs. No, but we produce very. We had loads of people with different talents. So mm. um, somebody was triathlon, GB triathlon. Somebody was GB diving. At this point, we had a very good tennis player. So different classes had different right. skills. But when it came down to athletics and sports day, yeah, my class didn't rely on me. Like. Oh gosh, actually, you know what? I'm glad we didn't go to state secondary school because I would have been like that bitch. No, it was so competitive though. I loved my school because, like, especially going to an all girls school, that was really we were competitive with everything now right. I look back and especially when it came to like house events we used to have sport obviously into house like like normal sports day then we used to have into house like cake baking into house like performing arts like we were so competitive with everything so you can imagine when it came down to any strength that somebody had everybody was like yep in our form we've got the girl that's like a ballet dancer we're gonna win that one or it's yep we've got the one with like a mum's got a bakery or something so we're gonna win this so it was normal for everybody to be super competitive when I was growing up yeah, yeah and it's just prepping you for like for what you love to do Definitely. And what yeah. is now, it's, it's literally your job to run. It is. Not a bad job. I literally can't complain. I get paid to run in a straight line. Sometimes with a little bit of a bend in it. Like, I actually can't complain at all. That's what I mean. Everybody's like, isn't it so hard? I'm like, well, I mean, it's hard work. But if we're being real in the grand scheme of jobs, it's not It's not actually a bad one. So. I hope you have that printed in your passport. Me? Gets paid to, gets paid to run. In, in a, a straight line. In a straight line. Sometimes with a bend. Sometimes. Now and again. Sometimes with a bend. Um, I mean, look, like, Running aside, like, and when it comes to comes to the city, what what are you doing to to relax? Like in London, can you relax in London? Ish, yeah. So I live outside London. I'm an outside the M25 girl, and I come in if I need to. But do you're stuff still in claiming London. Bromley is London. No, no, no. Sorry, like, sorry. Wait, sorry. <laughs> My pa- I grew up in Bromley, and that is that is London. Full stop. We're not starting that debate here. That is London. <laughs> but I moved, so right. now I live just outside the M25. But it's very quick to come in. Mm. So I do that because I still. Try in Bromley and stuff so but just because of my job and it's quite high pressure it's quite high stakes and um, as you do better um, more and more people recognise you in central London mm. so I kind of live out so it's kind of like a contrast from that high pressure and a bit like that busyness um, so I can just relax because I'm I'm an only child I'm a bit introverted even though I can I can be chatty I'm one of those people that I'm like I need my alone time I need to relax I need quiet so I live out but I love London absolutely love it it's the best city in the world I'm so biased and I don't care I tell everybody all my friends from America that if you want to go anywhere you have to come to London hey look that's why that's why I got this podcast because <laughs> I flipping love the city and I want to talk to people that you know have have a love for it whether they were born or bred here whether they've been you know brought up in, in and out of it there is something about all the boroughs that just that I know that brings something out something different out of everyone right yeah so when you when you are coming in like you know when it's off training season where are you going to hang out when I'm off season, I'm on a holiday. But if I'm not on holiday and I'm in London, um, oh, good question. Good question. Rooftop bars, partying in East. I'm not really a Mayfair gal, have to say. But um, right. now and again, if I'm out, yeah, now and again, like the clubs in Mayfair. But um, I'm a foodie as well. So you will be most likely to find me in one of the really like just funky, cool restaurants. I love cuisine. And when it's my off season, I can eat 
what I want. Okay. So I will be in a nice restaurant somewhere. What are you eating, dear Asha Smith? I want to know what your what your off season. Uh... Everything, Clara. <laughs> I'm serious. Everything. Like I will start one day. Like I've had I'm McDonald's so sorry today. I keep saying all your three names. I just really like how. It no, sounds. it's fine. So, like, dear Asha Smith, tell me. What do I you got like asked the other day. Yeah. Well, if you when you get married, will you change your name? I was like, no. I like my name. It's a great name. I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be in Ampho forever. Exactly. Yeah. Um. When I'm obviously off season, I eat everything. So. Pizza, mm-hmm. McDonald's. I love McDonald's apple pie, but that's not a London thing. Um, I spend that's a, a global lot. Thing. King Lee. I remember one time, you know, King Lee Court in um, just off Carnaby Street. Yeah, yeah. I did. All, I did all the restaurants in there one off season just for banter. I know. Hang on, wait. So, what would you methodically? Not methodically. Visit, visit one a day, or no, is it just <laughs> just over the time period? Because I'm I'm always in and out of there. I'm a shopper, so I love like I'm always floating around like that kind of area. And with my friend, and like we just ended up realizing we all, we just went through, and then like a week later, we were like, we've only got one more restaurant in here to do. You know, let's just go <laughs> like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, Pop Brixton. Love all the restaurants in there. Absolutely love it. I love Brixton so much. It's full of culture, full of fun. I can get all my hair stuff in one place and I can walk in between shops, compare prices and play them off against each other. So. (laughs) Do you know what? Yes. I knew you have to. I knew you had this spirit. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about, about the Afro hair shop struggle hustle well I live as I said outside the M25 so I (laughs) come in and I will bulk buy and go out but yeah so what is the best you know I always say for Afro hair you have to shop in a place that it is packed full of shops but that's like if you're going to go get your nails done don't go to one where it's the only one on the high street because you will get ripped off you need to go to a place where there's four or five right next to each other because you know they're all going to be good quality because they have to compete they're all going to be cheap relative and they're going to have a good selection of colors so you have to go where there's competition i'm, I'm just telling you so my place Such is Brixton. honestly <laughs> to be Brixton. the best you're going to compete with the honestly Brixton. so i can't i was literally there yesterday i can't remember is it electric avenue yes yeah electric avenue you know when it curves round mm. so you got like you got a few near where the bridge is and then when the shop i mean it starts to go around you got a few as you go around so i'll start one place i look i've got my specific stuff i compare the price i'm like hi hi make some chat go out go to the next one check the prices hi hi <laughs> you go to the next one check the prices hi hi then wherever it's the wherever it's like the middle one i will go in and i'm like oh my god this you sell this yeah i saw it around the corner for this like the other like why is it like slightly different do you get it from a different supplier like I'll ask them a genuine question then they're like uh, uh and I'm like oh it's okay no bother don't worry bye then they're like wait 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 we'll do it for this price and I'm like thank you great bye got the got the thing for cheaper than Thanks. any of them have yeah I need to start him doing... Honestly. You know, a smile and a high voice goes a long way in London. Honestly, I get so many things on that. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, oh my God, hi, can you just help me for a second? I'm so lost. And then next thing I'm like, yeah, I've got two pounds off. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Oh, this, this is a, this and is a expressions, skill. impressions, all of them. You need to do it. Yeah. Okay. So, so, Brick, so Brixton is is it seems to me like it's somewhere that you've got an affinity to. Like, would you is, is South London your favourite? Yeah, definitely. Well, say? I grew up in Bromley, but that's South, isn't it? So, mm. um, I'm definitely. Um, South, South East London girl, like 110%. I've got so much time for it. North London's nice. Bit busy, bit industrial for me. Mm. Nice. I love West London. I have to say, I can see myself living there when I'm older. Mm. But South London is ultimately home and it's where I vibe. It's where I can walk through the street and you can chat to anyone. You can smile and you can just be like, oh, isn't it... um, well, like, is I don't know. 
isn't it sunny today? Isn't it raining today? Isn't this expensive? And the people next to you be like, trust me, isn't it so expensive? And then you can just have a nice community mm. feel. Yeah, I love South. You mentioned culture as well. Yeah. And um, what what is your background for people that don't know? What what are your roots? So my, I am Jamaican and Trinidadian. So um, I guess I'm three quarters Jamaican, one quarter Trinidadian. So you were born with the with the gift of the slow wine and the fast. Like, Honestly, <laughs> yeah. So got everything. Trust me. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I got slow it and both. Fast. Yeah. No. Serious. This is this is my vibe. This is when I'm at home. This is what I'm listening to. And all my friends are like, oh, it's all the ones that are. From the like the other, um, you know what? I've got the other <laughs> islands. No, I'm honestly, I don't actually. To be fair, now re- recall it. I don't actually talk about it in public too much, do I? Because sports, you don't nobody really ask you about. Well, this these is things. A, this is the beauty of this podcast. But, I want to know um, about you as well as your sports and and yeah, just who, who you yeah. are. So so you you truly are an island girl. So I am. Jamaican, I feel like I am. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I am. But you know, it's like a Brit like whenever you go back you're like oh yes I'm actually very British in comparison <laughs> that's what always happens you must have it when you go back because you're oh, Ghanaian yeah. right yeah because yeah, yeah. in here you're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. then you go back to Ghana you're like oh oh yeah there's, a, there's still a, there's still a difference I oh, definitely yeah. grew up in London yeah yeah, yeah I'm still can't yeah I, I the way I do that is not as good as you I am yeah yeah okay <laughs> so are your dance skills not as advanced as your cousins would of you course, say of course not don't be come on I try but and especially I'm an athlete like it's my job to keep my hips still okay, I train so- Every day for stability. It's so peak, honestly. Like, so honestly, no, it's so embarrassing because I used to be able to like do a lot of stuff. But as I've got better, like a key thing in sprinting, it's actually core stability and strength. Okay. So that but means But can't you get that from the dirty one? Yeah, but look, the way you're, sorry, so right, I'm, to so, describe, okay, she's so rotating her where, where, I'm just trying to... <laughs> But you see the way that it goes backwards and forwards. I train to stop that because when I run, I want to be, when I hit the ground, it's got to be powerful and still. So, and my back's got to be, lower back's got to be strong and fixed. So (laughs) you can imagine that is so contrary to Caribbean culture. It's so, that athletes can't dance, especially sprinters. Like we can't move our hips. Like we might have like rhythm, like we might understand, but it doesn't matter. Like your your marks, get set, go. There's a rhythm to that. Arguably. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But actually what we do is uh, it's a rhythm anyway. So running is very, yeah, rhythmical. Like you go through, you can, if you're off a rhythm, you can feel that you're having a bad day or something's wrong with your body. So it is really, really like, it is, yeah, it's definitely rhythm and attuned to running. But um, yeah, we might have it flowing through our veins, but to be a brilliant athlete, certain bits of your body needs to be strong and stable and that is in direct contradiction with being able to wind effectively oh <laughs> it's really unfortunate to wind effectively <laughs> no it's really said. unfortunate it's so embarrassing as well because I might have all like the vim and vigor in the world and like the enthusiasm but sometimes it's just not there and I just have to go to Soko and jump up and down a bit love that <laughs> So yeah, I mean, so, so, like, do, uh, are you able to like kind of reconnect with that side? You know, you're a Caribbean girl, proud Caribbean girl. Um, so with that comes arguably some of the best food in the world. It's not even arguable. It's I just mean, a fact. I'm, I'm offended by the term arguably. I've got to say arguably because girl, you never know who's listening. I and... do. <laughs> and it still counts. Uh, <laughs> and we can argue with love. Um, wh- where are you going to get that good home cooked I food? Going to Cool Breeze in Hevergreen. If you know, you know. Like if I come back from a, a championship or a trip, I know that I have to get myself to Cool Breeze. Like I know it because it's round the corner from my well, not round the corner. I don't want to be stalking her, but near where my grandma lives. <laughs> And I've been going there since I was so young. I know people that work in there. It's like a little community. But their Caribbean food is amazing. Their curry goat is sublime. Like, absolutely sublime. So that's I'm, your go-to. Of course. I know people from West that have 
got food from Cool Breeze and go back to West. So Honestly. They, they specifically come to hear the green for Cool Breeze. Wow. Yeah. But it's things, it's one of those ones where, like, if you know, you know, it's fantastic. Honestly, I'm, it's near Hevergreen Station as well, so you can hop off and then just go there. It's bright yellow on Hevergreen High Street. I think that's what it's called. I'm not entirely sure. Don't hold me to that. Yeah, fantastic. And a good vibe as well. They sell sorrel. They sell fruit punch. You know, all the good drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. <sighs> Get hungry now. <laughs> I find myself getting quite hungry every time I hear people's food recommendations on this on this podcast. I'm just like, oh, really need to eat. Um, did you go out much when you were a teenager? The dedication it takes to be an athlete. How did that have an effect? Like, you know, when your friends are like first going to like nightclubs, like in your local area, getting on the bus, to, like the night bus, like Central London. Were you involved in any of that? Absolutely not. I know it's so sad. I mean, now I have on off season, I have a lot of fun, but um, no, no. No, 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 no. Because, um, yeah, like that was just very, it was at odds with trying to be a good athlete. And by the time I hit like 18, I'd already been pro. So I already had a full-time job effectively whilst trying to go to school and all of that. But I was already on a, yeah, professional contract and I'd already got a world medal. So by then I'd firmly got my eyes set on, right, I want to go to world championships. I want to go. So I was very much in that mindset. And when I hit that age, it was just a no-brainer to me to be to focus. And I know that's so boring, but it was just life. And I've honestly enough, I've never missed it because obviously in my heart of hearts, I'm a, I'm a Caribbean girl. Like I love to party. I love to dance. I love to have me. I love music. I love having a good time. So that is very natural to me. And I'm very much at home just singing and dancing and having fun with my friends. But I know that if I want to achieve my goals, unfortunately, that part of my life is it doesn't work out. Mm. And that's not really something that I've ever missed because I've understood the choice that I made. And even when I was younger, I completely understood that. I wasn't going to be able to go out like my friends did. and Because I've never been on the night bus. And uh, I don't know if that's something that I should be missing, though. I hear bad stories. I mean, do you know but... what? <laughs> I would say that a London night bus is it's a rite of passage for everyone. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. And like, because you see some crazy things. And you like, really do. yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, but like, I've never, but that's what I mean. Like, I've, I have definitely got like a gap in my life around that. But that's very common with athletes that like, we all have a little. I definitely that that rite of passage time when you're turning 18 probably like 21 where you were so focused and everybody was going out and exploring the world we definitely took a different path at that point and I don't regret it but it yeah no 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 no, no night bus for Dina but I guess <laughs> you know but as life is changing and you know you are exceeding like beyond everything mm. in your field mm. and with that you know you're getting rewarded but you know these award shows and like you know fa just fancy events or whatever you're having some you're having some swishy nights out what would you say has been your most memorable night out in the city attached to attached to an event yeah oh the one that's the most like proper and um... I mean you know I don't like proper <laughs> whatever you want to say whatever yeah. um I think my most memorable one in London's a, my memory's really bad, so I can only ever remember like a year. So in the last year, two years, honestly, my memory is crap. That's I, so I can't even tell you what. Yesterday, I did something and I thought that something that happened that morning was about three days before. Like my memory is awful. So um, my favourite one has to be actually the Fashion Awards because it was just such a spectacle. And like... Everybody was everybody was dressed up, and I love fashion. I love getting dressed up. I love glam. I love different oh, aesthetics. Oh no, I I love it. Like since I finished uni, I've been able to kind of step out of books and just 
find who I am a bit, I guess. And I totally found out that I love fashion. Like, I didn't know. Fashion loves you. <laughs> you. You always look banging. Oh, thank you. So do you. I'm always liking your pictures. Like, love and this I'm always dress. liking your love like, dress. <laughs> she's going to think I'm obsessed with her. No, but same. I, I even DM'd you the other day. Like, it was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the Fashion Awards is at the Royal Albert Hall. So talk to me about the night. What does it kind of look like? Who are you looking it's at? Who can amazing. you spot? Ironically, when I first went last year, I had no idea how big it was. Because I love fashion, but I love it artistically. I don't really know know about like the lifestyle of the world like I just kind of wander through it blissfully always been a big fan of like sculptural pieces that's why you see me wear a lot of volume a lot of cool shapes which everybody's like show off your figure you're an athlete I'm like look if I want to look like a puffball I'm gonna look like a puffball okay <laughs> but um <laughs> no that's me because I like it for the shapes and 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 what it can create but anyway um I wasn't too aware of like the events the spectacle the business side of it you know because I've been very much on the creative bit that in that is a bit that interests me so when I got invited to go to the fashion awards last year I was just like cool so I remember Fashion Awards. I just, I saw the invite. It's like, hey, you've been invited to Fashion Awards present award. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah, I'm free that day. Cool. Like, honestly, I had literally no idea. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, and I've got a light training week that week. We can do this. I've got the energy to do it. Let's go. And I didn't really have anything to wear till like literally like a day before. I was really confused as to why people like were requesting to do my hair and makeup. I was like, well, I'll take it. This is fab. But I didn't <laughs> understand. I was thinking, I'm not like somebody that's going to get super like photographed. So it might be a waste of resources do it on me but I was thinking I'll take it anyway and then I turned up like Royal Albert Hall yeah cool like I didn't really expect anything turned up oh my god like <laughs> honestly and I got there and there was the most photographers I've ever seen in my life like there was right like, it was like a crowd of photographers on this giant tree wall <laughs> and then the red carpet just snakes all like literally like 100 metres straight then it chucks a left then it goes like two, 300 metres sorry I work in metres but um, up steps with this giant round thing and I was looking at my I'd taken my manager but also one of my like close friends with me and we were both because we come from sport we had no idea we were both like oh my god and I was like oh my god I wasn't ready for this ah! and she was like just work it just work it you'll be great so I was walking along like posing like I don't know what I'm doing don't know what I'm doing like can you speak here I was like oh my gosh don't know what's happening but it was I think maybe it was because it was the surprise factor for me because I honestly didn't know I knew, I heard of it, obviously, and I've seen pictures of it, but I didn't realise the humongous spectacle it is. And when you get there, how many photographers are there? How far your pictures go? Because I remember, like, I literally, I think I sneezed in one and there's a picture one and they were rating the dress, yes or no, and I had a sneeze face. I was like, come on, <laughs> at least let me work it properly. Like, obviously, I clicked yes, but because of my, well, I'm hoping it was the sneeze face. Those people said no. I was like, well, pick one when I'm not sneezing then. But um, <laughs> honestly, but it was so much fun. And even even going up there like but I'm really into fashion so I was really interested in what people are wearing and I love it when I just love it generally in life when people are their best selves and I think I enjoy that world is because people are unapologetically themselves and I'm not talking about the levels of like fast fashion or something but I mean like higher fashion if people want to dress up like a big pink puffball they are nobody's judging them because they're being themselves if people want to go gothic with this that's their aesthetic nobody's judging them you know what I'm talking about don't you it's actually I didn't know that from the perceptions of the fashion industry that I think as especially coming from sport as an outsider we have and um, when I kind of engage with it a bit more, I realised that at a certain level, it's very liberating. Like you can honestly do what you want and people are just like, that's you and that's cool. 
And I think that is something that in a lot of industries you don't find so Mm. easily. But I guess that's just to create, maybe that's me coming from a non-creative industry to a creative industry and it might be replicated across other ones. But I was like, oh my God, so wait, I could honestly do what I want and people just try and understand it. And people like, yeah, that's life. And I'm like, well, not from where I come from. Mm. So I found it very liberating. But yeah, Fashion Awards, I think it was the surprise and the spectacle that got me. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, so much of your life and your practice is running in a straight line, sometimes with a curve, but yeah. uh, to, to a particular speed. But when you're walking down or walking up, you know, a space like the Royal Albert Hall, it's about taking your time, stopping, oh, I know. posing. Yeah. being captured and <laughs> that must be quite weird to sort of do the opposite of just what you it is you I'm still to trying do. to learn it I'm, I've got I'm one of those people that's always trying to improve myself so I've got my personal little targets like I want to improve what, like my red carpet photograph I want to improve this I want to improve that but definitely like I used to whiz through red carpets when I was younger and I didn't really understand that you should take your time and slow I'd be like well you got a picture of me like <laughs> cool right <laughs> Sure. You know, well, yeah. I, was like, I was there. Like people like, no, just take your time and slow and, and do a twirl and pretend like you're in your bedroom by yourself and then keep going. And I was like, okay, we can definitely do this. You know, I pretend I'm in my bedroom. Well, I'm in my bedroom by myself, dance around my mirror anyway. Like this comes naturally. So it has been a change of dynamic. And obviously I'm a sports person, so that is not my life. But um, it is definitely a fun switch to have when I'm in off season or it's the winter training. Yeah. Wicked. I want to talk to you about your uni life. So that brought you to, I guess, to central London to study, right? King's College. Yeah. Where was your campus? I was on the Strand. So that oh, was, darling. I know, it was, a. F- I have to say, I loved King's. And being at Strand Campus was amazing because that meant that in between lectures, we could go to Covent Garden and we could eat all the restaurants and I could go shopping and we could be having fun. <laughs> high pitch voice. <laughs> I know. No. Yeah, literally walking around the shops like, oh my God, is that new? Oh, I'm trying to get, <laughs> trying to get for free <laughs> but, that's uni life when you're broke and you're like oh I'm in Chanel and Dior I wonder if they got tests I really want to try it but I definitely can't afford it so um, <laughs> and now she's going all up in there oh no I still not still not darling no <laughs> no, no, no 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 I, I love a bargain <laughs> Listen, don't we all what was your what was your uni set up were you in halls were you travelling in no I stayed at home with my parents mm. at that time I used to commute but Alpington to Charing Cross or even Waterloo is 20 mid 25 minutes so it's really not that deep and what was your commute what was your commute like what were you like okay I remember just reading the whole thing reading the whole time King's workload was a lot and King's history because it's quite within the King's setup. obviously you have medicine and blah, blah blah that's quite prestigious I think history is one of those and I was just reading head down three years on the train I didn't know what was happening because I had so much reading to do I'd be reading on the way home reading at home reading on the way there trying to cram in all the designated readings before I got into my lecture so um, I only had six contact hours a week which was fantastic obviously I had so much more reading time and I had so much more time in the library that I spent but I only had to be in places about six six to eight hours a week at King's which was very handy and as an elite athlete, one of the reasons why I chose it because there were so many other unis that looked great as well, but they'd have something like, I don't know, 12 hours a week, which I couldn't commit to with my training schedule. So Kings being on six to eight was fantastic. So I'd wake up if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, do gym in the morning, then go into uni. Or if uni classes were early, do uni 
and then gym and then either way do a full day at uni and then come home and train in the evening so busy you were relentless um you mentioned your commute of going from Orpington to the Strand but your head was always in a book right yeah so had you sort of sleep yeah (laughs) which is understandable because you you clearly were a very very busy person back then uh, even more so now but did you get to a point where you could like memorize how long it would like okay I've got to read three chapters so that means it's like two stops on the train like did you did you get into that sort of pattern? yeah I knew that I could only um I knew actually yes very good question I knew that if I had more than one reading to do um I wouldn't get it done so I only I, by the time I got on the train I had to only have one and I wouldn't even read that one properly because 20 minutes 25 minutes isn't a lot but when you're we were reading for facts always so you just kind of highlight the bits that you need and you learn how to speed read for information but I only had yeah time to do one reading and then I'd look up and I was at Charing Cross so and ready and ready to study were you yeah. were you um were you quite dedicated student I mean outside of the reading what were you like in class? <laughs> oh, in class. I had friends that... <laughs> I don't want to expose them. I was like a mix <laughs> of my friends. So I wasn't one that was like super like to every single reading on the extended reading list. And I definitely... D- I, I, didn't have, I didn't have time for that. <laughs> but I wasn't asleep. So I was, I was a happy medium. I do what I had to do, do it to the best of my ability. But then as soon as I'd done like what they expected of me, I was done. I was on to the next subject or on to training. So... Definitely a tactical uni student. And what did you, you end up graduating with? What with? 2-1. I was happy. Thank God I got the grade. Yeah, really happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that your campus is in the Strand because every time I go, it's like, you know, like Somerset House, which I I just love. I always see... um, all the posters up of the famous I'm on the alumni. wall now I need to take a picture so you are on it yeah I went on it like a few months ago I still need to go there and take a picture but I just you know when life has been hectic I haven't had the time to just go and take a picture but I'm on it yeah it's crazy oh you've got to, yeah you've got to go and save that moment so yeah who, who else is um, for people that don't know who haven't been past that area what explain the sort of king's wall yeah, of fame so um Obviously, we've got King's, Aldwych, kind of near Temple, Somerset House, and just at um, the entrance to the King's Building and the west side sorry west side of Somerset House you've got all of their I guess influential or students or students that have had a big impact on life so I separate those because I guess I think I would put myself in the influential category because they've also got Why people like no because they've also got people like real like really like big people like Virginia Woolf like Desmond Tutu Florence Nightingale you know like, I'm not trying to compare that's why I created two categories like me in one half then like Florence Nightingale saving lives Desmond Tutu changing like switching up everything South Africa you know um in the other one so um but yeah it it was a really special moment for me when I got asked to go on that wall because it was just one year after I graduated so I was like wow in a way I felt really honored I did at the same time I was like I don't think I deserve to be on there because you know Florence Nightingale (laughs) Watson and Crick discovering DNA Clara I run in the straight line as we did say (laughs) not quite the same as discovering DNA or coding the helix Whatever, but what still, side. still valid, still a valid contribution. You don't have to be polite, like we're being real. Like it's, it was, a, it's <laughs> nice. I'm gonna go take my picture. It's very nice. But um, yeah, Florence Nightingale isn't, do, isn't doing this podcast anytime soon. So, <laughs> well, that's not. You know. <laughs> I'm, just I'm like, well, I'm sure if you, if she could, <laughs> you, you want her on. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm sure she would have had some great stories about the city, but I have loved some yours. Different stories, yeah. If you were taking over Sadiq Khan for the day and you got to be mayor, what are you changing? What are you doing in the city? Can I do two things? Sure. Firstly, I am giving planning permission to Blackie from Bromley Athletics Club and Bromley Council to build our indoor facility because I need to train indoors. Like, it's Olympic gear, come on. <laughs> <laughs> We've right. been waiting for like five years. So that's the first thing I'm doing. I think I lost it in, a, in the pronunciation. Did you say Blackie? Blackheath and Blackheath. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Blackheath area, area, sorry. I thought you said Blackie. I was like, who's Blackie? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not running for that club. <laughs> I mean, cool, that's their name. Sure. Um, so you got two things. So that's the first. That was the first one. And then, oh, mayor for the day, I would, um, I think I'd give everybody a day off. I'd make Friday off. You know what? We're very stressed here. I mean, we work very hard, but we're very stressed. And I know Londoners like to, you know, have fun. So, oh, no, give everybody a day off on Friday. Or, I'd, you know, when people say they can control the weather, yeah, I'd get rid of those London winters. Because London, everybody's so happy in the summer. You know what I'm talking about? A London summer is, is the best. joy. Oh, I love it. So I just make it summer all the time. But I don't think that's a real mayor, mayor power or something. Do you know what? When you're the mayor, you can do anything. So day off it is happening. Then. Okay, so build that indoor uh, training facility in Blackheath (laughs) and no more London winters. Definitely. I can deal with that. Dean (laughs) Ashesmith, thank you so very much. Bless you. (laughs) Thank you so Thanks very much for listening to this city. Now, do take the recommendations seriously. And if you happen to go to any of the places mentioned, do let me know by posting a picture using the hashtag ThisCityPod and make sure you tell them who sent you. I mean, try and get a discount or something. Um, I've been your host, Clara Ampho, and this podcast is available on all your favourite apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and CastBox. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review and tell your friends. I mean, we do like five stars. We'll accept four, but five is the sweet spot. Um, Thank you again for listening. This has been a Sony Music fourth floor creative production. Thank you.